Welcome back, listeners. It's Jeff Cross, your host of Friends with Employee Benefits. Today's topic, as you probably guessed by the title, is all about open enrollment. And not surprisingly, 2020 through a lot of HR professionals into a into a think quick and pivot mode around their open enrollment strategies um, because, of course, the pandemic. For many, that included ditching paper benefit guides and, and learning new technology and leveraging new technology. And those that had already started to see the perks of a digital open enrollment experience were able to really see the benefits come to life in 2020. But regardless, no matter where companies fell on that scale, there were certainly strategies that, that had to be changed due to the pandemic that honestly, we probably will see continue even beyond uh, the, the end of the pandemic, which hopefully will be here sooner rather than later. So, so for this episode, we thought we'd have Caitlin Ayala, who is the benefits and HRIS specialist at Paradigm Precision on the podcast to share some of the success that Paradigm has had and highlight uh, some best practices that hopefully those of you listening can take back to your respective organizations. So, Caitlin, before we get started, I think it'd be helpful for our listeners to hear a little bit about Paradigm Precision, uh, your role there, what the company does, what you do, and, and uh, just give somebody, uh, everybody the, that background. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, my name is Caitlin Ayala. I work in benefits and HRIS at Paradigm Precision. Um, Paradigm specializes in manufacturing and assembly of complex, high-tolerance, machined, and fabricated components for gas turbine engines. Um, and at Paradigm, I really focus on all things benefits. So I manage all of our benefit programs. I do the rollouts, communications, answer employee questions, um, in addition to owning and operating the HRIS system for our entire organization. Awesome. So you're not busy then? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> 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 You've got a lot on your plate, and I know that uh, well. So let's, th- let's set the stage and really talk about what open enrollment looked like at Paradigm Precision before COVID. Can you talk about that a little bit? Open enrollment was very much an in-person, on-hands event for HR. We had in-person meetings uh, with the employees at different sites, and then we had paper open enrollment guides. We had different um, different components that they do. So some people would fill out paper forms to enroll, which is crazy that they were still doing that. And then we sort of shifted into doing um, our open enrollment on ADP where they would use the portal to enroll. But I think that was a big shift for them. So that was relatively new when I started, but everything was in person, very hands-on. Um, HR played a huge role in that at the site, and it was a lot of traveling on my part to make sure that everyone had the information they need. Yeah, I think it's important to note you guys are, are multi-site, uh, and, and in, uh, I don't know if it's all, but at least most of those, those locations uh, multi-shift, and sometimes you've got 24-7 operations, and so you think about the lift of a, of a paper and in-person enrollment environment, uh, it's pretty daunting. It definitely was. I, I can recall my first open enrollment presentation, I think was with our site in Stewart, Florida. And I was kind of shocked when we were setting those up and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do one at like 11 p.m., 1 a.m. I'm like, what, what do you mean? So that was definitely <laughs> 
definitely, it was a lot to handle and it was very time consuming. And it, it just, it was a lot of saying the same things over and over, but that was their one time to get that information. They didn't have a way to get it otherwise. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, we've done plenty of on-site open enrollment meetings. And the fact of the matter is that what you know, you do enough of those and you start observing the way people are and you realize just by observing people that it, 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 it it's, it's a, a minority of the participants that are really paying close attention and really listening actively to what you're saying, right? Yeah, it, you can just see it. They glaze over when it comes to the details. They only care about the, the cost, which I completely understand. But because we go through everything else before that, they miss all that information. And then they come knocking on my door asking me all these questions and there's nowhere for them to get it besides me. Yeah, yeah, and and you don't, <laughs> you've already got enough on your plate. So, so you know, 2020 came, COVID came. Uh, what did you do? How did you react to that? What what were the changes that you made in 2020? Yeah, so we were a little nervous because we have an older workforce who they're just not comfortable with technology. They, it was tough to get them to work with ADP to do their open enrollment. I mean, it's tough to get them to use ADP period, but it, it was kind of, we were scared because we didn't know how to shift that. And we shifted to a completely virtual open enrollment. And so the way we did that was rather than giving out paper books, we had a virtual platform with a virtual benefit fair. Um, and a virtual guide. So the fair was set up, it was pretty cool. It was kind of like what we went through in high school and you could go to each fair and learn about each of the benefits. There were interactive videos, there was the SPDs. Um, some of them even had their own virtual sites that you could go to and click around and get that information. Um, and the same thing with the guide, like we, we put our videos in there for them to click on. So if they wanted to watch the video of the whole presentation, they could. Um, if they didn't, they could go to this, the section that they wanted and just read what they needed. So that was that was something that I think really helped us because rather than them sitting through a webinar of me talking and giving them the details, they can go and access this information at any time. Yeah. And then we also changed how we communicated. Um, I think the big part where we failed in the past was it's a one one time that you can get that information and then it's gone where this time what we did was we did a multi-pronged um, communication rollout and we chose a benefit and communicated about it all week long. So it was fresh in their mind. And we did that each week for each of our different benefit offerings. I love that because they're all worthy of, of people's undivided attention. Yeah, especially because we did a change this year for our medical. So a lot of people had questions and were concerned. So by dedicating an entire week to that one benefit, they were able to get all their questions answered and have all the tools and resources given to them through emails, um, posters, flyers, handouts, stuff like that. Yeah, you, you were going through a change in medical carrier um, and, and a couple of other changes and, and in this code environment and switching to a virtual experience, which must have been a little bit scary and so what but, but what other what what other sort of hurdles were you facing as you as you transitioned into a virtual and paperless process and and then what did you do about it one of the biggest hurdles i think that we ran into was the access to technology 
A lot of, again, as I said, a lot of our workforce, they're not comfortable with technology. Some of them still have flip phones, so they didn't have access to it. So at each of our sites, they actually ordered a few additional laptops and they set them up so that the only site you could access was ADP. And it allowed them to come in, access all of the material that we posted on the homepage, um, go in straight from there and do their enrollments. And if they had questions, HR was right next door. So it ended up working out really well. So they didn't have to do it on their own time. They could come in, they could do it during their lunch break, um, schedule time with HR and have access to the technology that they needed. So that was definitely something I know we were worried about, but we navigated through. That, that's great. It's great to hear. I think a lot of listeners might benefit from hearing that because it's a common objection when you talk about moving to a paperless and a totally virtual open enrollment environment is, well, not everybody has access to the internet. They don't all have a laptop at home. They don't all have a smartphone. And you just address that issue. There, there's solutions to that. You can, you can find a way to solve those, those problems and address those concerns. Yeah, that really helped, I think. It made, us, it made us comfortable knowing everyone had access to what they needed and made the employees comfortable knowing that we had the resources there to help them succeed. Um, and overall, I think that's something that we're going to definitely implement going forward every open enrollment. Yeah, that's great. A two-part question, Caitlin, but what worked well? And then uh, how are you able to measure success? How are you, if at all, measuring the success of this open enrollment? Yep. So what I think worked well was our communication plan. I think, again, employees are so used to having to suck it all up the one time they get to hear it and then they forget it. But this way, it really allowed us to focus on each benefit, really get that information across to them, answer their specific concerns, and then make sure we also aren't overwhelming them with material. Because I know during open enrollments, it can be very overwhelming getting all of that information and then trying to find out what's best for you and your family. Um, I also think by tying that in with what Cigna had to offer us when we rolled out their communication, they could call in directly to Cigna and they helped them by answering their questions, figuring out which plan was best for them. Um, so that definitely helped a lot because that, that was a big change for them. But having that support definitely made our employees feel more comfortable. And they all came back to us saying they really liked having that resource. Yeah, and, and so that's one of the measures of, of success is just the verbal feedback you got from folks around how the process went. Yeah, and I mean, even just looking at how many people, I know when Digital ran a lot of reports for us, but it's just seeing how many people went in and interacted with the virtual benefits fair seeing what they clicked on. It was easy for me to kind of see where people might have questions and then address that. So we've tailored communications from those reports so that people know what to expect with benefits and answer kind of some questions we might think they have. One of the things I love about that strategy and you, you referenced it is that, you know, it, it, it allows people to, to go through the materials at their pace and on their time uh, and, and even do it from home. And, and I just know from being in front of your employees in, in Stuart, Florida and in other locations that a lot of them would say, well, you know, I, 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 my spouse makes benefit decisions and, and, you know, spouses couldn't be at those 1 a.m. meetings. And that solves that problem, right? When, when you let people kind of go through this at their pace, on their time, at their convenience, um, and it doesn't, and then, you know, they wouldn't take those paper enrollment guides and carry them with them 
throughout the year to have as, as an access. So putting those online as a resource that they can get at whenever they want is also, I think, a big benefit of, of that. Do you agree? Absolutely, definitely. Um, and you hit it right on the nose too, like spouses. I, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that the employee is making the decisions. I was up in our Malden Peabody office and I can't even tell you how many times they just handed me the phone and I talked to their spouse. So <laughs> that, they definitely need the spouses to get that material. And we also held Q&A sessions at all times. So on during work hours and off work hours so that the spouses could join and they could ask their questions that they have and get them answered by the Cigna team, one digital team and myself. Well, yeah, that's an important part of the strategy. I'm not sure you mentioned is that, you know, you can still do virtual Q&A sessions. So you give them all the educational materials, but then uh, have some some sessions, some live sessions where they can ask the experts. Yeah, absolutely. And our Q&A sessions were, were actually very productive. We found a tool called Slido that allowed them to submit their questions ahead of time and I would approve them. And once they were approved, the employees could vote on which questions mattered most to them. And those were the questions we answered and we just went down the road. Sometimes we got a lot of questions, other times we didn't, but mm -hmm. those were still valuable questions and we recorded them and made them available for the employees. Yeah, again, to view whenever they had time or, or, or the desire to do that. So what other kind of feedback did you get, if any, from, from employees that they liked? So they liked that, that uh, basically telephonic decision support that you were able to get through Cigna. Any other feedback that you got that you want to share? Yeah, they loved the virtual benefit fair. They thought it was really neat that they could have one location to go and get all the information they needed. Um, if they had questions on the medical, everything was right there, SPDs, all of it. And the fact that it's available year round, they loved even more. So they can always go back to it um, mm. and interacting with it. I think everyone just thought it was a neat tool, just going in and seeing everything that there was all in. Because I mean, to be honest, you forget about some of those benefits. Um, yeah. Going in and being able to click on them and kind of see everything there is to offer. It, it was a good tool for us to use this year. You offer a comprehensive suite of, of benefits uh, for people to choose from, uh, and it, I, that makes it even more valuable when you can have that resource for them to go into and remind them of all the different benefits available. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty. It's pretty cool too. I get sometimes I get the feeling like there's a, there are a lot of people, Caitlin, who like the virtual benefit fair. It's like you get all the benefits of a of an in-person live benefits fair, but then you don't have to interact with people. <laughs> yes, that was the next part. <laughs> right, I mean, did, did some people say, hey, you know, I like that because, it, you know, again, it's, um, you know, not everybody loves to be in a big crowd with, with other people and having to have those live conversations. I will be the first to admit I am not a 100% benefits expert and I know my employees aren't either. So being able to go in and find that information. And then another great tool that we added was an ask a question button, which allowed them to send all of their questions directly to me. So they didn't have to go to anybody. If they weren't comfortable, they could just email me a question and I, it would go right back to their own personal email. So I know a lot of people utilize that as well. I got, I got quite a few questions um, and they're still using that button now. So if they have questions year round, they just click on the button and submit me their questions and I point them in the right direction. That's awesome. What are some takeaways? What did you take away from this this virtual process, this change that you made in 2020 for your 2021 um, renewal that our listeners can learn from a little bit? 
I think we're always nervous when it, when these things happen and we have to pivot, um, especially when it comes to our employees. And I think my biggest takeaway was don't underestimate them. They, they can handle it. They, my employees shocked me with how well they were able to adapt to this scenario. Um, and some of them stepped out of their comfort zone and completely just used every tool, which was great for me. And it really put my faith back knowing like, they know what to do. They can handle this. We, they can handle what we throw at them as long as we give them the right resources. So I definitely take that as a takeaway for us. Um, we also took away communication. I, I cannot stress that enough. I really think that's why we had so much success with open enrollment. We just slowed down and made sure that anything they needed, they had at their fingertips and it would be available year round. So I definitely recommend, you know, take the time, plan out a thought thoughtful communication strategy. Let them really have it so that they have time to digest everything, especially if you're making a big change. Uh, kudos to you, Caitlin, for, for this is a common sort of objection that we get is, or, or I wanna say objection. I think there are a lot of HR teams and benefit teams that assume that their employees don't wanna, they don't wanna change, right? They, they, they like it the old way and they like the paper guides and they like to have the in-person meetings. Yeah. And um, I think what you're saying is that's that's really not a fair assumption to make, right? That, like your employees, not only can they handle a different way of doing things, but they might actually prefer it. Yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised. You gotta give your employees more credit. Um, they really can take it and they adapted perfectly. I, I was blown away. My HR team members were blown away. The success we had was great. And the employees, I think, are more comfortable knowing this is probably how we're going to move forward. Yeah, which is where I was going next. You already sort of referenced that, Caitlin. I think you said, you know, we're probably just going to keep on doing even, even when things get back to some level of normalcy, uh, you're going to do you're going to do it that way. So you see you see yourselves. This was so successful that you know, you really don't see yourself going back to those old, you know, paper guides and in-person meetings. Yeah, to me, it just doesn't make sense. I, it's just extra cost of printing and having those, and you have to keep ordering them if you run out. I think mm -hmm. it makes sense to have the virtual guide on hand, you know, having that virtual benefit fair, I think, turn things around. But the best part is I don't have to go and do open enrollment meetings all the time. I still think in the future, once COVID dies down a little bit, um, I would like to still travel to the site so that they know I'm there and I can answer their questions if they have them, but we don't need to go and do open enrollment presentations at 1am in the morning anymore. It's on demand and at their fingertips. Yeah, the other thing we didn't mention is I know that like the local managers uh, didn't really appreciate those one hour open enrollment sessions because you, it, it cut into productivity. And, you know, you were pulling, you were literally pulling people off the floor for an hour plus to do these open enrollments. The, 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 the leadership teams weren't really thrilled about it. And that's the thing. If you don't have the leadership buy-in, it changes the whole atmosphere. People will mm. say they're not going to want to come. They don't want to take time off work just to go sit for an hour to learn about benefits when all they want to know is the cost. So definitely having everything on demand and virtual allows them to do it at their time off the clock, at home with their family. Um, and it doesn't cut into our productivity, which was honestly, I think the biggest way to get buy-in from our leadership this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we thought to mention that. That's another huge benefit of, of doing it this way is uh, you don't lose that productivity from those in-person meetings. 
Oh yeah, that was that was a plus. <laughs> Kaylin, anything we missed? Anything else you wanted to share or questions I I didn't think to ask that uh, that you want to share with the listeners? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I don't know when COVID is going to go away, but mm. if if this continues, I think definitely adapting some of these strategies, such as the communication, having access to technology, the on-demand is something that we all should be moving towards anyways. Um, it allows our employees more flexibility to get the information when they need it. it. It frees up our time because we record one video and then we do the initial work to get everything set up and it's available. And I think it's a huge cost saver and time saver. It's definitely something I think um, manufacturing companies specifically should look into doing if they have the resources. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for saying that and promoting these, these new, uh, new ways of doing business that, as you said, COVID or not, pandemic or not, uh, folks should really contemplate making these kinds of changes. Kaylin, I, I think you've heard the podcast, listened to the podcast once or twice before. So you may know that we always end with um, with some rapid fire questions. And so we want to do that with you. Do you have one more minute? I do. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Would you rather do laundry or the dishes? Laundry. Absolutely. Favorite TV show that you're currently binging? Oh, what am I not currently binging? Um, I want to say The Magicians. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. It's, it's interesting. It's a little dark, but I think you'd like it. <laughs> Are you calling me dark? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if, Kaylin, if you won the lottery, by the way, big, big mega millions, I think, jackpot tonight. So if you won that, what would be the first thing you'd do? Oh, well... I would like to say that I would be responsible and pay off all my student loans, but I would probably buy my husband the pickup truck he's been eyeing for two years. <laughs> that's that's generous of you. And by the way, if you went mega millions, you can do both of those things. <laughs> um, so lastly, our theme at One Digital this year is to rise. And um, uh, we, we all went through and are still going through a lot since the beginning of 2020. How are you going to rise, Caitlin, in 2021? I think this year I am going to start focusing on me and my self-care, making sure that the job isn't everything. It's always going to be there tomorrow. I think that's something I struggled with last year, and my boss will tell you the same. Yeah. Um, but making sure, you know, there are more important things at home, and signing off at five is okay, and coming back at eight is okay. So I think that's something I'm going to focus on this year is rising above all the work I have, as we spoke about earlier, and yep. making sure I'm coming home and spending that time with my family. Yeah, we have to take care of ourselves and uh, and recharge the batteries every day. And uh, and and I think that's great advice. That's that's awesome. Uh, Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope our listeners have learned a thing or two. I'm sure they have that they can take back to their respective organizations and make their open enrollment run more smoothly and effectively. Uh, as always, everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits.